Hey, what's up? I'm Mitchell Bernstein. And I'm Logan Liffick. And you're listening to the Undesigned Podcast. Oh, snap, we're back. Yes, we are. We're back. Damn, Mitch, tell them what we're back with. We're back with more episodes and more interviews. Boom, the dynamic duo. And this week, we spoke to Amanda Booth. Amanda Booth is a content designer at IBM on the core team. Uh, Very excited about this episode. So let's get right into it. Let's do it. How's it going? How's it going, Mitch? How you been? Pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. How you been, Logan? Oh, you know, I'm drinking. I'm talking to you. We're about to start a podcast. Oh yeah. Uh, and and this is a very special episode because we have uh, a very special guest. Who we got here today, Mitch? Why doesn't she introduce herself? My name's Amanda. I. <laughs> What do you do? I'm a content designer at IBM. I'm not. That was my like... next question. <laughs> and you're not drinking, right? <laughs> awesome. Um, it's very cool. We we don't judge, um, <laughs> but but we secretly do. Um, yeah. If, if you know what, if you could drink, what would you drink right now? This leads into the next question. <laughs> Red wine, for sure. It's my favorite weeknight drink. <laughs> That's very, very nice. Red wine. <laughs> oh, we're soulmates. Soulmates, let me tell you. I hear I'm drinking some Anheuser-Busch Budweiser. All right. That doesn't sound too bad. They call it the king of beers. I call it okay beers. It's like the Joker of beers. The what? The Joker of beers. I like that better. I do. I think the that's Joker of beers. Term. I would just call it P. <laughs> wow. No, that's some that's some <laughs> natty light level right there. Some uh, some cores light. Yeah. I'm not a fan a of beer. Have a little nuance in your hierarchy of beers, Mitch. Jeez. Yeah. I, I don't what do the hell, beer. Mitch? I do. I do wines. I do. I do uh, cocktails. I do um, uh, anything sweet. Uh, vodka, amaretto, Ciroc. Yeah, yeah. Mitch Ciroc brought vodka. a bottle oh, yeah. of peach Ciroc to my twenty-first birthday party. So you're saying you didn't like it? I mean, we finished the bottle, but I myself am not a huge fan of the flavored liquors. But needless to say, oh, I we had no finished idea the bottle. And I'm so sorry. I no, I'm so sorry. Don't even worry about it. Plenty of people were into it, and that's what made the party cool. And cool. Yeah, we went through about <laughs> eight to ten bottles that night. Wow, fantastic time. It was. It was a good time. Um. So away from the alcohol, uh, we are all here today 
talk about something very interesting. Uh, Amanda, uh, I met Amanda at um, IBM in the Maelstrom internship program uh, in the summer uh, in Austin. And she gave a little talk on social media and how we can improve our eminence. And that has a lot to do with words, right? And content, actually, just in general, content that we produce or that we spread. And that was pretty interesting. Um, but we actually met on Slack internally at IBM. And IBM has like a huge Slack group of like 15, 20,000 people. Uh, and we went back and forth on something that I made and she posted it on the IBM uh, Twitter thing <laughs> account. <laughs> Didn't know what to call that. And we um, started talking. She, uh, on Twitter is Amanda, is it Amanda with words or Amanda? Words with handle? Amanda. Words with Amanda. I'm going to follow you which is right very, now. Which is, it's very fitting. Um, it's a play and... on that old game that people used to play back in like 2014, like Scrabble, but for your phone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Wow. You've been mm -hmm, followed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it sounded a lot uh, creepier, but just for the folks that can't see us, I, I not just followed her followed on, on Twitter. On Twitter, got it, got it. Okay, thanks for clarifying, because uh, we all we all thought that you meant physically followed. <laughs> Several states away, you've been followed. <laughs> uh, being tracked right now as we speak. Uh, but interestingly enough, Amanda designs content, right? Is that correct? That is correct. And I was thinking it'd be awesome to talk about very briefly about um, how content is important in design because a lot of people focus more on the Chrome and the interaction of how it works, but we don't always focus on what it says and what it contains. And we, a lot of people like to use um, like lorem ipsum in their designs and uh, not real data, and they don't use uh, imperfect images of people in their, you know, pimply, oily face or whatever. They use, you know, like beautiful photography of mountains and, and oceans and portraits done by professionals. So ideally, how important is content to design, Amanda? Well, I hope it's important or else I'm out of a job. <laughs> <laughs> why why is it important great that's a it's a better question um it's important because people don't think in terms of um i mean i guess people think about visuals to a certain extent but if for instance, you're in, what's something people always use? If you're in your email and you need to figure out how to get somewhere within your inbox, there's only so much that not words can do or quote unquote not content to do, can do. Something can be um, as intuitive and as beautiful and as much of a well-oiled machine as you can possibly make it. But if you don't have a, a baseline way to communicate 
in the way that humans communicate with each other in real life, then it's not going to be the most intuitive or pleasant experience as possible. And before you continue, uh, actually, an even more important question that I should have asked before that was, what is content? You got to tell us. We got to know. Ooh. Textbook definition of content? Um, no, we want, we want your definition. <laughs> um, content is... You know, I, I flatter myself in saying that it's everything. Um, but it's, it's practically everything that people can consume. Like, some examples of content are... We think articles, um, even videos, but pictures are content. Diagrams are content. Links are content. Calendars are content. Um, maps are content. Um, calculators and spreadsheets are content. Um, anything that conveys information is content. Anything that conveys information. So what about like the Chrome of an app? Because it does convey information, no? Like it does convey that this is a button or that is that not information? Or is it digestible information in a different way? Or Yeah, that's that's a good question. Um I've been thinking about that a lot lately too. Um we just launched, my team just launched our product and, you know, we're in um, a very heavy reflection phase in figuring out what we want our version two to look like and who needs to be working on what. And my content lead and I have found ourselves over and over again figure, thinking about how improving visual or UX design fits into our domain and our role as content designers. Um, and content design is um, an emerging discipline. There, um, I would, there's not a lot out about it, um, at least in comparison to content marketing or content strategy or UX design or visual design. Um, it's, it's an underdeveloped discipline in that sense. Um, and so people aren't really always sure what to do with it or where to put us. Typically, a content designer is um, someone who comes into the discipline very words-heavy or video-heavy with these type of skill sets. Um, but we often find ourselves asking questions about the overall experience as well, and how um, information can be conveyed within that experience. For example, if you know a product has a lot of hmm, like white space, and that white space doesn't or it takes away from the messaging of the words themselves. That's something that a content designer should feel empowered to mention 
Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Is is there like what ways? Because obviously we want our listeners to take something away from this. Um, what ways in which they can design better content? Like, what can they do or to make their content better to the content designers? Or yeah, yeah. Or or should they hire someone specifically? Because not every team has very specific roles. Uh, smaller smaller group of people, you know, either like single um, one-off people, uh, teams of two or, or three or four, you know, small teams or large teams too. Um, should they rely on a specific person for that? Or what else should they do if they don't have that person? What can they do to make better content? Yeah, it's it's hard to say whether or not a team should hire a specific person for that because again, some mm-hmm. some companies, some studios, uh, some product teams are really small or not very, or their product itself or experience or service itself isn't very content heavy. Like the product I work on happens to be incredibly content heavy and content rich, and so we have a content team for it because the content is the product um quite literally you're that i think it's a very very specific example because there's not many products quite like that right yeah Um, it's it's essentially a a learning why why don't you why don't you talk about also that that thing you launched the thing Ooh, we want to hear it the thing drum Uh, roll please (laughs) that was pathetic Fix it in post. Um, so the product I work on is called Enterprise Design Thinking. It's mostly, we have in-person components, but it's mostly an online learning and enablement platform that teaches people enterprise design thinking, which is IBM's approach to design thinking and you can reach that uh what what would you call it a course is it a course or is it like a like a workshop like on your own like what would you call that i'll call it a training a course training yeah so that 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 training course can be train that training course can be reached at www.ibm.com slash design slash thinking right Correct. Oh, look at you. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Oh, it it's it just comes to me, guys. Wow. Uh, yeah. Hump, super humble. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, and I think you, you just like you sign in on the top right, and you can make your own account, and well, you can you t- and you too can learn about design thinking. You gotta you gotta reach out to the um our offering manager first. Mitch can just oh, sign in nice. because he works at IBM. I'm gonna get Mitch's login oh, now. Wow. I, I I thought I thought that it was it was open up to everyone. I thought it was IBM can sign in, then anyone else had to sign up with their own account. Or is it still rolling out? Well, anyone can anyone at IBM can sign up if they have an mm. IBM email. But we uh, are not giving it away for free. <laughs> Ooh, very cool. 
I didn't know that part. That's awesome. Yeah. So um, yeah, design I, thinking as a product. I don't want to. Wow. I don't want to say. I'm gonna say... use my aunt's login now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to say that. I don't think an individual can. I'm not an offering manager, but I'm fairly certain individual cannot sign up for it by themselves yet. It's typically, you know, we're a B2B company. So um, most of the sales will happen through client engagements and contracts and stuff like that. Well, if our listeners do want to check out the website that leads to it, they're more than welcome to. And I'll put that in the show notes. But yeah, so back to the original question about what, um, I guess, maybe tie it into the project that you're working on. How did you make that project better by designing the, designing the content? Like, what did you do to make the content better? Yeah, so by the time I got on the product, it was um, most of the modules for the training were built out. And mm-hmm. so my first task was to go through the training itself and just do a content audit of everything. <laughs> and um, I worked with the content lead on my team to create a voice and tone guide. And with that voice and tone guide, edited our content to make sure that it aligned with that voice and tone. Um, But I got on the product just a couple months ago. So as far as, you know, we were talking about previously, like these big picture, how can we make sure the design aligns well with the content? Um, That's, that's more stuff we're working on right now because, um, yeah, I I got on pretty soon before the launch. So it was it was mostly yep, so, editing for so voice and tone. Two things I pulled out of that were you did an audit, which is pretty interesting. You did an audit of I guess a lot of the content that's already been written, uh, right? Yeah. Or you've Okay. And so that helps you kind of grasp the limitations or or the boundaries of of where you're working and it also helps kind of establish what you need to work on. And then you also said you created a voice and tone guide, which sounds really interesting because I love to figure out how you came up with that. That is awesome. How how do you decide? Yeah, like, like how do you decide what, like how, because I know MailChimp has something public about that where they have their own voice and tone guide that helps you kind of learn that, that stuff, that language. But uh, tell us about how you came up with the, the voice and tone. Yeah, so quick backstory of my time at IBM. I was a communications intern this past summer, and... And I totally just interrupted you all the time and ruined um, your productivity. Damn. <laughs> so sorry. I'm not so sorry wrong, I... not wrong. <laughs> so sorry. It's so true, but it's so sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah, anyways, continue. Um... And I had my hand in internal and external communications for IBM design. But the biggest thing that I owned as my time as an intern um, was our social media. And 
I, with my boss at the time, spent a great deal researching <laughs> our competition, researching social media accounts that we thought did their job well um, mm-hmm. and really had an extensive conversation about what our voice and tone was on social media specifically, what we wanted to accomplish um, and who our audience was. And then this, I left, went back to school. Wait, so side, side note, before you continue, don't, you, you gotta also say that uh, you didn't just work upstairs where I went to interrupt. You worked across like literally one room down from Phil Gilbert. You had like all like the like the top the top shop people uh, all around you. You're just talking to everyone. Even even my VP now, uh, Arin and uh, Phil. Those two people alone, uh, super jealous. You guys interact with them all the time. Uh, awesome people, but they're pretty high up there. So you got to work with some pretty like high profiled people. To be honest, which I'm really jealous about. Yeah, I. Yeah, you're right. It, it is kind of surreal. <laughs> like, um, and it wasn't something I really understood the gravity of until I started um, talking to people who don't work with those people on a regular basis. Um, and also dug into how much media coverage those people got. Um, Just to, for the audience, uh, Arin is... Uh, the VP of Hybrid Cloud Design, and Phil Gilbert is pretty much the man of design thinking that brought, I think he did bring design thinking to IBM, and he's the GM of, what is he GM of exactly? GM of design. Yeah, that's a, that's a big title. That's a huge title. Wow. <laughs> that's high up. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, continue your story about after uh, you graduated. But, well... I guess to to go back a little bit and an interesting yeah 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 um was we had um obviously continuous conversation my boss and I over the summer about our voice and tone and really trying trying to nail it a lot of it came with trial and error uh me trying something out and she saying no <laughs> um <laughs> and or you know, a higher up saying no. And it was interesting. I remember at one point over the summer, I asked um, someone who's pretty important at IBM design what they wanted or what they envisioned our social media sounding like. Um, And said, you know, playful and said you know like me like and pointed to someone else in the room and then pointed to someone else in the room and I in my head I was like none of you sound the same (laughs) Um, (laughs) and that that was a really interesting moment for me because um it just kind of made me think about um how granular something like a voice and tone guide can get, but also um, for people who aren't constantly immersed in content and communications, how they may not pick up 
that nuance and you know obviously like incredibly brilliant people um but it's like if the editor-in-chief of the new york times tried looking at a design principles guide they'd be like what is this (laughs) you know um it's it's just different levels of exposure to different things and different disciplines um I guess it made me realize how valuable content as a discipline and honing content as a discipline is. But anyway, so back to my life. I left IBM after my internship, uh, finished up school, graduated a semester later, and hopped on this um, this team that is also on the IBM design core team, but it was a different team um, and took from the voice and tone guide from the summer, but obviously it can't be the same. What you say on Twitter is way different than what you say in a, um, in a product for clients or in a product in general. Um, Everyone is their most casual self on Twitter. (laughs) Um, <laughs> well, some people like to be <laughs> even our, more so. <laughs> and our products also had brand principles. Um, and so I pulled from those. I looked at our content and talked through with my content lead about what felt a little off. Um, and what maybe diluted or took away from how we were trying to present ourselves or what message we were trying to convey. Um, and we built our voice and tone guide based off of that. And what then inside a, a guide is included? Like what's in the guide? Like, what do you say? Like, don't use these words, use these words. Yeah, we don't get as granular as words. Um, That feels a little too prescriptive. And it would get to a point where it's just obvious to be like, okay, don't curse, (laughs) you know? Um, But... (laughs) Does not apply to our our podcast. Exactly. Um, But it's it's very similar to MailChimp's, actually, where they use a word and they're like, this, but not this. And I, I think that this, but not this is a, a pretty good format for at least the, the basis of a voice and tone guide because... So basically you're saying that it's like, uh, you say like, oh, it wants to be playful, but not immature, right? Yeah, exactly. And, okay. and I view that as um, two ends of a spectrum, if that makes sense. And so, yep. you know, it's, it's not like... What's an example? I think we have um, approachable but not colloquial. Um, and I, I view those things as, as a spectrum. I, I showed our voice and tone guide to a, when I first started fleshing it out to someone on our team, and they viewed the but not this parts as not as important and as kind of like second tier on the hierarchy. Um, and I don't think that's true at all. I think the, the this and the 
but not this interact with each other. Um, so anyway, I have the this without this, um, and I have a why for a why and a how, and an example of what to do and what not to do using more or less the same information. Um, and I have that for each thing. So there's there's four what I would call poles for this, but not this is or this, but not that's, I guess I should say. And there was a, a why, a how, and an example of a right and an example of a wrong for all four this is and all four, but not that's. <laughs> I feel like we're, we're like, they're like talking like in like another language, like this, but that's, and then four of the this is, but then the that's. And... I'm sorry if this isn't making any sense. <laughs> It makes a lot more sense when you see it in a keynote deck. Um, but so that's that's the voice part of the voice and tone guide. And then um, there are six main types of messaging that we do. We have three types of like marketing messaging and people we I, I don't know if I would say three main people we target, but three main marketing messages um, and or materials used for marketing messages and three uh, main components within our product. Does that make sense? Well, damn, that is in-depth. I love it, though. Like, so much thought behind it and, like... <laughs> It's so like well construed between different audiences that like it goes unnoticed almost if that makes sense. Kind of like how good design goes unnoticed a lot. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, I sometimes I I feel like because stuff like that comes. I, I don't know if I say it comes naturally. Go, like, oh, I woke up doing this, or I, <laughs> I was born doing this. Um, but it, it's like how after a while, good design becomes almost instinct or, right. or on brand or, uh, adhering to certain design principles become almost instinct. That's how I feel. And so when someone asks me to copy edit or do a voice and tone sweep for content, I'm like, oh man, like, I almost feel like I'm, uh, not thinking hard enough gotcha yeah no it's it's really cool to see like i mean after everything comes through and then it goes public just looking and being like oh yeah no that's that's something ibm would say or like that's yeah that's something wendy's twitter would say you know (laughs) so amanda you've you've told us what you do you've explained the uh the voice and tone guide that you've created my uh, my final question would be: Since you work for a product company, where where are we more likely to see uh, content designers? Are we more likely to see them at product companies or more so agencies? Oh, that's a good question. Um, when I think it's what you define as product design, um, and what people define themselves as product design like that that's all really up in the air um and 
I don't know if I could answer that honestly. I will say that. Okay, then wait, wait. Let me let me follow up with. Would you feel that they're just as important at both agencies and product companies, or do you feel that in one end of the spectrum they're more, or they're just better utilized? What do you mean with what kind of agency? Um, let's just use the ad agencies as the example. So. Um, tons of different clients, tons of different voices you'd have to handle, tones and voices, and uh, as compared to just focusing on one through like a product company, like like a single singular product company, like one product sure, versus yeah. a company that does multiple products. Uh, wait, did you just contradict yourself? I was saying like a company that does one product versus a company that does a lot of products. Oh, um. Let's just do a company that does one product just to keep the examples as far apart from each other as possible. So like a MailChimp versus an ad agency. Yes, that's perfect. Sure. Um, I think the... <laughs> now we're getting into the agency versus in-house debate, and I don't want any ad agency people coming for me. But I will say this. <laughs> I, I think that... Um, Advertising in general as an industry is ripe for disruption and approaching content from a design perspective would lend itself well to that disruption. Okay. I like that. I also think that could be used as the name of this podcast, Ripe for for Disruption. If you can say that it. is like <laughs> <Yeah>. so <laughs> writing it down. That's that's the name of the uh, that's the name of the pod. Well, oh, you did it! Uh, yeah, we did it! Woo, we did it! Uh, thank you so much, Amanda, for for joining us. Was I rambly? No, you no. were great. That was awesome. Cool. Great. No, and thank you to all our listeners. Uh, you can subscribe on iTunes. You can subscribe and follow us on SoundCloud. You can uh, follow us on Twitter at Undesigned FM or on Facebook at Undesigned FM. Like us there too. Uh, yeah. Uh, find us on the interwebs, people. Find us. We dare you. Keep in, in touch. Yeah, reach out. If you have any questions or want to respond to something we said, please just at reply. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we are here, right? I think so, right? We're, we're here. out here. We're, we're somewhere. we're here. We're always, at, we're everywhere. We're everywhere. Yeah, we're, we're in your Amazon Echo. We're listening. That's, that's too far. That is too far. That's 2018 <laughs> for you. That's 2018. All right. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys, for for being here. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks, dude. Dudes. Dudes. Plural. Because there's two of us. I can tell. Uh,